We live in a culture where demeaning and debasing are virtues instead of vices. The landscape of modern culture is littered with victims of dishonor. Yet it is clear that hating and defaming is not the culture of the kingdom, but a culture that causes Jesus to bounce. Meanwhile, we have a mandate from heaven to honor. Making room for people according to their God-given honor, that is the way of the kingdom. It is the currency of elevation. How you live this out does matter. In this episode of Keeper 100, we will cover the surrounding culture of dishonor, highlight the ultimate magnet of mighty works, and talk about how God shows up at a place of honor. Welcome to Keep It 100 Podcast with Sean and Krista Smith. Join us in this space where we take on real issues with real insight and real inspiration. This podcast is for those not looking for temporary relief to change circumstance, but revelation to forever change lives. Hey everybody, it's Sean and Krista Smith. We're welcoming you to another episode of the Keep It 100 Podcast. We're so excited that you're with us today. Hey everybody, we are are jumping up and down, although we're sitting down doing our podcast. We're (laughs) fired up about this. We are because today we're going to be having a really special conversation for so many of you. We believe this is going to alter your life, honestly. And if you really begin to take and apply what we're talking about, which we're talking about honor today, it's going to change your spiritual walk big time. But before we jump into that conversation, I want to talk about what we've been doing since we were with you last. And Sean and I both had some really cool open doors. And I was with one um, with Dr. Dr. LaShawn Witt. She's amazing. She's such a world changer, a mover and a shaker. She's based on the Southern California area. And she did this gathering of refresh on Zoom and hundreds of people came together. And what I loved was the hunger of the group of people. And I got to just share what I felt like God was saying at this time, at this hour, was a prophetic gathering for voices that were to decree and declare what they felt like they were hearing from the Lord. And I just loved not only the feedback from that of what I saw, but there's just a people and the response, even in the chat room as I was ministering. And so to me, I love that even though COVID, there was such a negativity in that season, one really great thing that came out of it was our ability to really connect and build community and really help the kingdom of God move forward through Zoom and online technology. You also got to do a Zoom. I did. As you did a Zoom, uh, probably within a couple of days, I did a Zoom out to Brazil. Come on. Shout out to Curitiba, Brazil. Yay, we love Brazilians. With a good friend of ours, Pastor Fabio Lugarini and his entire Amazing. school of the house out there, the church that he pastors, I got a chance to teach them on prophetic evangelism, which is a small little shout out. I am releasing a new book later this year on prophetic evangelism that is in not only an update, but a rewrite of my original book. So look out for it. But it was so exciting to be uh, with those students. And as we were talking about prophetic evangelism hitting the street, I could see so many of them, they would comment, they would give me little emojis. So they were really receiving. But think here from our house, you're in Los Angeles and around, and I'm in Brazil and around. And we were in the Charlotte, North Carolina yes. area doing a launch conference. They Some had, of our favorite people. So, hey, Jay and Melanie yes, Stewart are amazing. amazing. And it was phenomenal meeting. Dr. Samuel Rodriguez was yeah. there. Yeah, Alex Seeley, one of my favorites. It's She's true. incredible. John Bevere. John Bevere, prolific yep. author. And so I did Incredible Sunday people. morning. We had a good time preaching. And then you were awesome. I loved what you released. It you ministered so good. Sunday night and man, people hit the altar. It was amazing to have all those people. And it was a uh, prophetically called the launch conference. It was very, very much the case. We really feel like in this season, God is igniting 
people and is there's a real launch taking place. I love that. You know, as we're just going to go ahead and dive into this week's topic, we're talking about conquering a culture of dishonor. And you know, I have to have a confession right here. I do not keep up with the Kardashians, but I know a lot of people do. I do not. But I did see a sneak preview of, I guess, one of their most recent episodes. And we thought this was so apropos, so connected to what we were going to talk about this week. I wanted to pull it in because I think it's important for us to understand there's a top topic of conversation, a recognition of the need for honor in a time of dishonor. So let me break it down. Khloe Kardashian, she's the middle sister of the Kardashian sisters, if you didn't already know. She actually brought, I guess, in the last episode, the concept of a negativity jar. And it was whenever anyone in the family said anything negative, said anything critical, judgmental, they had to put money in this negativity jar with the intent she wanted to break the habit of people being negative, critical, dishonoring in their family line. And it was interesting because when Khloe presented presented this concept of the family, Courtney, who's the oldest sister, she said that, you know, perhaps this is actually a generational issue in their family and it's been passed down because it's something she's seen in the generational lines. And she added that she thinks maybe she picked it up from her mom, Kris Jenner. And Courtney said, you know, I'm not trying to pass this on to my kids. And Chris's response, the mother, she says, you know, I don't want to be responsible for teaching my daughters. And I certainly don't want my grandchildren to pick up this behavior uh, be negative. And I thought this was so important because here we have a influential family, very much connected to the culture of today. And they're recognizing, wow, we've cultivated a culture within our family, within our home of dishonor. We want to break that cycle. And really that's why Sean and I are here today in a society that really fuels dishonor. We want to conquer it with honor. And you know, it's so important too, because Chris, Jenner says, quote, I don't do not want to pass it on to my grandchildren. And I was just thinking, boo, about my upbringing. My grandmother yeah. was actually the one that passed honor down to me. Right. She being a Southern black grandmother, I was saying, no, ma'am. Yes, sir. Mm -hmm. When older people came in the, in our apartment, I stood up on my feet. No matter what I was doing, I stopped. I paid attention. Look people in the eyes, shake people's hands, open doors, obviously for women and, and even Guys or gals hold the door open, older people. There was just this honor that was just inbred and expected. And my grandmother simply didn't tolerate dishonor. And I'm so glad right. in the midst of that, she taught me about honor. So good. Now, interesting. I, there's another current event. Those of you who are aware of the urban podcast world of, or social media or the NBA world, you have heard about the name Kwame Brown recently. Oh my goodness. <laughs> oh my gosh. Kwame Brown is a former professional basketball player. He spent 12 seasons in the National Basketball Association. He was selected by the Washington Wizards in 2001 draft, and he was the first player to be picked number one, chosen straight out of high school. Wow. And there was such an expectancy, but when Kwame Brown didn't turn out to be those things that people thought he would be, he became, as some would say, easy fodder for all-time draft busts, clickbait, inspiration for Stephen A. Smith's rant. Uh, there was an argument that Stephen A. did about bringing back the NBA age limit as he became, that would be Kwame Brown, a punchline for a thousand basketball podcasts. But perhaps what's really caused or incited the recent flare-up of this is Showtime has a podcast called All the Smoke with retired NBA players Matt Barnes and Stephen Jackson. And they had a player, Gilbert Arenas, and they just commented on how he essentially was a bust. And then right after that, Kwame Brown just went 
crazy. He went nuclear in his ranting dishonor. I mean, he didn't take the high road. He didn't take the middle road. He took the low road. (laughs) And it trended on social media. And then uh, Charlemagne from the Breakfast Club uh, show, he jumped in on. He brought in Kwame Brown's dad. Commits a crime. His brother has done something. And my heart, I'm I'm not even here. We're not even here trying to pick sides because that's totally the opposite of what we're trying to do. (laughs) But it just shows how much because... Kwame Brown, I think on his social media, I think it was on Instagram, he did this IG live thing. And I think his Instagram jumped 30,000 people as he started to go off. And since that time, there's been so much that he's gone after. And I just realized that as this stuff is trended on social media outlets, in an indirect way, it shows how dishonor has become a bedrock Mm. and even an attraction point Mm. in our culture. Yes, that's so good. And, and yet, at best, in our culture, we honor people for their attainments. We honor people for their gifts and talents. In other words, maybe if Kwame Brown would have been what some people thought he should have been on the basketball court, they wouldn't have dishonored him. And I, I would say that wasn't right. You don't know that guy's background. Right. Just to pull out his name multiple years after he's retired and kind of talk about him like that. That's not necessarily the way he responded back, taking it, making it very personal. That wasn't right. But in our culture, again, we honor people for those things. But in the kingdom of God, we're called to honor people for their intrinsic worth to God bestowed on them by the creator, whether they their careers was booming or busting, whether that they were what we would say the higher end of contributors to society or not, we're to honor them simply because they were created in the image of God. You know, that is so well said. And something I think we really have to remember, and I think you would agree with this, baby, is you know, when we're, when we make comments, when we have a platform and the sad thing is everyone has a platform these days without the character to steward the platform. So true. And there's the issue. There's all these people that have this immaturity. They have this, these issues in their life and yet they have a public platform. Everyone, anyone can be a critic these days. Anyone could create a pl- platform, right? And But they don't know how to steward it. They don't have the character to actually do that with honor. And we often forget because there's such a dishonor and there is a audience for that, right? He got 30,000 right. people out of dishonor, right? right? But he was dishonored. I mean, it goes both ways. Right. And so here's this perpetual culture where it's like you spew these things and we forget there is a person on the other side of those comments. Say that. And we have to get our empathy back. I think empathy also is connected with honor. You have to recognize this is a person. This is a heart. This is an emotional person. This is a person where they have the same challenges as you have. And yet we're expecting that we can just say anything to someone and they're just supposed to like rise above it. And you don't know the battle people people are facing. So all the more, if we move life, we move through life with a compassion and a kindness and the love of God, which sounds simple, yet so many of us do not apply it. If we actually lived from that place, honor is really easy because you're moving from the heart of Jesus. And so I just kind of want to quickly break down the definition of honor. You know, in the dictionary, it says honor is high respect, great esteem. To honor someone is actually to hold them in high respect or to treat them with honor. And I just want to break that down. God wants us to honor those who are in positions of authority, but not just people in authority. He actually wants us to honor 
everybody. He wants you to honor the janitor, the person cleaning the toilet, the person serving you, the person making you coffee, the person co-laboring you in the workforce or in the kingdom of God. I believe that you and I are called to honor because we are representatives of God's ultimate authority overall. Honor goes well beyond just people in authority over us. We're actually called to honor everybody. And I think what we have to remember is we are representatives of the gospel and the gospel is such a place where God came to give his love. He came for us to be light in the midst of darkness that doesn't happen without honor. That is so well said. I 100% agree with that. And I really believe that that is perhaps one of the biggest challenges to our current generation. Well, right now we're going to jump into the Hundo P segment. And the Hundo P segment is where we answer some questions. What are the signs that there has been a disappearance of honor in our modern day? You know, great, great question. And I want to start off with this. C.S. Lewis, probably one of my favorite writers, in 1943, he released a work called The Abolition of Man. He wrote in that, we laugh at honor and are shocked to find its traitors in our midst. That quote, Lewis made that observation over 75 years ago. So I think we can all agree how much more has honor declined in our day. Honor's no longer merely something that's just laughed at today. It's actually mocked, ridiculed, and despised. You know, we have actually cultivated and now live in a culture of disrespect. And we have so gone over the line. We have so crossed the line of dishonor. We're really in disrespect. Respect and honor is not fading away due to its malpractice alone. It's actually actively being attacked and assaulted from every side of our society. Honor is not only taking a hit from the world, but also also within many of our own homes. Many parents today no longer even highly esteem the value of honor in the home. And although some may teach honor and try to practice it somewhat, it's not reinforced on a regular basis. So if you don't reinforce something, it will never become culture. Now here, I just want to give a quick illustration and there's no judgment in this illustration. It was merely an observation and I actually had an incredible amount of empathy and compassion for this mother. But I was in Target the other day and there was this child, I probably haven't seen a tantrum to this degree. Scale of one to 10, it was probably an 11. I mean, I have not, I mean, I, if I'm super honest, I was like, I feel like there's demonic manifestation happening right now. It was like, crazy land, right? It was extreme. And I had compassion for the mom because that's super overwhelming. It's embarrassing. You're in public. It's just everything about you wants it to stop immediately. I fully, fully get that. This kid is screaming because he cannot have the certain toy that he wanted. And the mom out of total exasperation is like, fine, fine, fine. I'll get you the toy. I'll get you the toy, which we happen to be in the same arena throughout the entire Target store for the rest of our shopping experience. And this child continued to scream. Not only did getting the toy do nothing, all it did was reinforce the negative behavior. And here's, here's kind of my observation in that. This is instantly where my brain went. I was like, you know what? I think our margins, so many of us, our margins are so thin right now, are so short right now because we have been in such a pressure cooker season. It's been such an extended season for parents, for stay-at-home moms especially. It's been such a challenging season for so many families in this time. And we, in our weariness, in our in our limited capacity, in our short margins, in our thinness of our patients, we aren't 
expecting honor toward us because this mom was getting no honor from her child. (laughs) You know, the child was completely dishonoring the mom, but in her exhaustion, in her weariness, in her fatigue, right? She's just kind of like putting up with whatever. And I think there is this in a sense right now, more than ever in our culture, because everyone's margins are so thin that there's this kind of whatever, how we treat each other and even what we accept toward toward ourselves has diminished significantly from previous seasons of our life because everyone's so maxed out. So I say all that to say, let us be careful. Let us use caution by what we allow people to release toward us, but also what we release toward other people. We have to understand we're in a unique season and in our tiredness, we can often lose our filter that actually helps us stay in a place of honor with our words, our action, and our behavior. And to your point, what we saw in Target, we also see now in terms of people in the media spotlight. So true. While there are people in the media spotlight that do exemplify honor, it seems as if many of the cultural heroes of an emerging generation are disrespectful, dishonorable. We see it in sports stars, pop stars, hip hop stars, self-made social media celebrities. And in the midst of it, we also see many times even traditional authority figures are being torn down. They're being portrayed. Uh, I see this a lot. Men are portrayed as foolish and incompetent on television shows, commercials. And it seems like honorable men and women of the past are portrayed as out of step with the progressive ways of thinking. And I feel like all of these contribute to this dismantling of honor in our day. You know, someone really might ask, what is the virtue we most urgently need more of in America today? So an obvious answer that comes to mind to that question is honesty to counteract the corruption, compassion to spur, spur action to help poor and powerless, patience to deal with an increasingly toxic public discourse. We are so quick to voice negativity towards people, quick to offer our judgment on folks, and now quick to cancel people who, you know, voted, tweeted, or liked something we didn't. We're so quick to pounce, to react, and give our opinion in times where, you know, that is not the hill to take the battle on. Right? Today, we ghost folks, we pick out superficial things, we take exception with things that aren't even our call to make. Someone does a 140 character tweet and we don't take it in context and we immediately clap back, we dishonor them. And we have to recognize folks, dishonor tears things down. It's interesting because Tamler Summers of the University of Houston in his new book, Why Honor Matters, wrote, what Americans ought to cultivate is a sense of honor. Honor is indispensable for living a good life. And that is so so true. And I just want to break it down even further. Pettiness and dissing folks is not a vibe. It's a divine infraction. Oh man, I am snapping to that. And with that, we got to ask the question. What does biblical honor look like in today's world? Biblical honor in the context, honor in this context has to do with recognizing a person's worth celebrating who they are, what they've accomplished, and making room for them according to the God-given honor they deserve. 
you know, we have to understand that honor is actually an offshoot. It's connected to a posture of worship. Honoring God means bringing him your best sacrifice. Honoring God means giving him the greatest reverence. Honoring God means releasing honor toward those around us. People are precious to the Lord. They're as valuable to him as his son, Jesus. Yes, I know today the person standing before you may have their flaws. I agree with that. We all run into people with flaws and we have flaws. But by choosing honor, you're showing that person that he or she is important to God. And that matters. You know, recently I went through a situation where I had to choose honor, where I felt dishonored. And we all have those circumstances. And I want to simply say this, Princess, this happened a while ago. These are all good people. And when you keep people's heart in context, when you keep people's heart in balance, in check, it's it's, it helps you stay in the place of, you know what, I'm going to choose to honor even when I feel dishonored. And this is what happened. So I was a part of a ministry for quite a few years. And I mean, I poured my soul, blood, sweat, and tears into this ministry. I gave so much of myself and we saw God move beautifully. There was so much open heaven that happened. And I ended up transitioning out and I left on great terms. Everything was really positive. I was just going to the next season of my life, but I gave years to this ministry well, some time ago, there was a there was an opportunity to honor the leaders of this ministry, wonderful people, and I wasn't asked to be included in that weekend of honoring. And in church protocol, in church etiquette, in the kingdom of God, typically when you've been a part of a ministry, you've been on the team, you've been on the staff, when there's a significant weekend of honoring, you're often asked to come back to be a part of that. That's pretty like normal protocol. So when I wasn't even notified, when I wasn't even contacted, I wasn't even included in this time of honoring. I was like, oh my gosh, like I really want to be a part of that. And I found myself kind of like hurt. My feelings were hurt for a couple days in the sense of like, I know it maybe wasn't intentional because I think these are wonderful people, but I found myself just feeling like not included. And you know, that doesn't feel great. So I went to the Lord and I said, Jesus, you know, what do I do with this? You know, this is in my heart. I have a, I have a choice. I'm at a crossroad moments with this situation. I heard the Lord say, regardless of how you, if you feel honored or not, you still have the option to honor. And so the Lord said, just reach out to them and let the leaders know how you feel, whether or not you're included in the weekend. I said, Lord, thank you. That's exactly what I want to do. And it shifted everything completely for me because I was able to reach out personally directly to the leaders of those ministry that I'm still connected to. And I just told them how much I appreciated them, how much I valued that they really went to bat for me. They really contended for my voice to be heard. They really opened up doors for me to preach and minister and that was just an invaluable gift in my life. And I was able to honor regardless if I was included, invited. And I simply wanted to bring that today because biblical honor isn't based on if you're honored. Biblical honor is based on if you choose to honor regardless, in a sense, of how you're treated. Because when we live from the posture of honor, we're going to see the fruit of Jesus in our lives. That brings me to this important scripture that I believe is really a core value scripture. It should be for all of us. 1 Samuel 2.30, God says, those that honor me, I will honor. And those that dishonor me, I will lightly esteem. That scripture has meant so much to me, Krista, over the years. But bottom line, honor is the ecosystem of God's kingdom. It is his way, his being, and his doing. And he expects it to be ours as well. And the first place that we're called to direct our honor, obviously, is to him. First of all, to God. Revelations 5.12 says he is worthy to receive honor glory, and praise. And many times we bring him our praise, but we 
dishonor him in ways. And so it's so important that we recognize that because without a complete and genuine honor to God, it's impossible to honor anyone else. That's right. So it's got to begin with God. This is where it all starts. So and good. some people think that they honor God simply because they acknowledge that he exists. They go to church, they speak Christianese, but there's far more to it than just the exterior actions. Honor cannot be faked. It comes from the heart. I remember years ago, I went into a, a Bible college and I did a series of chapel meetings and and uh, late night special meetings, and the fire of God really broke out, and it was really a move of God, a bit of an awakening amongst the students. And so a mentor of mine at that time was a dean of students, and he talked to the president, and the president had come into the meetings. And so they invited for me, although I was traveling full-time as an evangelist, as an itinerant, they invited me to take a part-time position as the director of spiritual life at this particular Bible college. So I did. And so I spoke to chapels, I would invite friends of mine to do the other chapels. I sat and I had mentoring groups uh, with the guys and the gals on campus. We would do some counseling one-on-one. I would just bring and lead different students to different resources that would help ignite their fire. We really began to see a buzz on the campus. Well, the guy who was my mentor, who was the dean of students, he transitions out. They bring in a new guy and he just had a different ministry philosophy. I was definitely Holy Ghost. And, and he wanted a bit more of a lower scale approach to ministry. Uh, he really kind of wanted it to be, I guess, more mainline. And so I began to realize that there was a bit of a tension. Now, again, because he was the dean of students, I my position was uh, a subordinate to his position. I was a director of spiritual life. He was the dean of students. And so he kind of would drop little things in staff meetings kind of insinuating they were a little maybe too fiery, uh, maybe even some of the things as it relates to the prophetic and other things that that wasn't particularly his cup of tea. And I began to realize that there was a bit of a, a tug of war going on. And so in my heart, I'm like, hey man, this dude's wrong, man. This, this school is a spirit-filled school. We're going after the Holy Ghost. Look at the fruit. But then the Lord began to deal with me, Krista, and that's it. This guy had authority. Right. And so he sat down and I think he knew what was going on. He says, hey, if you want to continue to have this position, you need to move on campus, which obviously there was no way uh, with everything that was going on that I had the opportunity to do it. But the Lord had already showed me, rather than try to fight a battle against him, rather than try to garner people to my side, I recognized his position. And I felt like the honorable thing for me was to definitely stick with what God had spoke to me in terms yeah. of my stance and belief in a full gospel, but to step down from my position in a, in a way that I wouldn't cause division. I didn't speak of him negatively. When conversations was asked, I made it sure everyone knew it was my decision to step away. But I really, in that point, learned kind of a bit of what godly honor looks like. And it looks like even when you feel like you'd be justified in lashing out and creating a division, I, I say, okay, man, you come at me. So now that justifies me, I'm going to come at you like this. Uh, no, that's just not the kingdom and what I believe the bottom line of that story is, you, and again, I'm not referring to this gentleman as being ugly, but in general, I want to, I want to draw a general principle. You don't have to be ugly because you're surrounded by an atmosphere of ugly. You can still bring 
a fragrant aroma of Christ Jesus. Oh, that is so good. You know, these are life lessons that really set us up on the foundation of our walk with Jesus that are essential for us to understand the importance and the essence of honor in the kingdom of God. Another truth we wanted to bring to the table was you have to want God more than you want to prove your point. You have to want God more than you want to get back at that person who you feel like wronged you or offended you. And this is so essential for the kingdom of God because honor means agreeing with God's choice, God's ways, God's truth, God's principles. God has his hidden treasure in each of us. And the spirit of honor within us recognizes that. And when we recognize it, it's then that we can celebrate it. You know, we actually, we live in a culture of dishonor. We're, we're establishing that right now. We reduce people to, to what they've done in that moment, what they're worth. We're reducing the compl- accomplishments of others, maybe to feel better about ourselves. But you have to understand one of the most, I believe, imperative parables that Jesus ever talked about when he likened the kingdom of God is about a guy that found a pearl of great price. He found a treasure and he went and bought the field. And the question you have to ask yourself, the question I have to ask myself, am I a field inspector or am I a treasure hunter? Wow, that's Field good. inspector is going out. He's kicking the dirt. He's looking at it. If you know, you're know you a person and let's say looks at houses and kind of establish what a house is worth an appraiser. You're looking at cracks and foundation, looking at that. You're looking for the things that are wrong so you can mark down the value of a field. But the opposite is what God would have us to do. You're not called to be a field inspector. You're a treasure hunter. I want to see what is the treasure in that person. I want to see what is the treasure with this establishment. What is the treasure at the place where I'm working at? What's the treasure? And even people that don't know the Lord, God has a treasure inside of them. And so if you have eyes for the treasure, you'll begin to walk in a greater degree of honor. So kind of on the heels of that, I want to talk about some characteristics of an honorable person. We've already established that first and foremost, they honor God with the highest glory. The second thing that I think when I think of an honorable person, Krista, is that they're principled centered people and they act based on responsibility, not on how they feel. And that's so important yes, because so if your good. honor is based on how you feel, Ooh, sometimes good. the light switch will be on, sometimes the light switch will be off. And then when you get mad, you'll feel justified in going into dishonor. Mm. Another characteristic of an honorable person is that they are people of humility. They recognize the value and worth of others beside themselves. So their, their mantra can't just be, I'm going to get mine. If you're, if you're a person that honors, you're like, how can I help? so that we all get what it is that God has for us. And another trait of an honorable person is they are people who display excellence in their life, excellence of attitude, excellence of stewardship, excellence of integrity and character. That's an important characteristic of an honorable person. They're trust they're trustworthy. And I believe they're trustworthy, they're trusted by both man but also by the Lord. You know, another characteristic is they don't take their life or gifts from God for granted, but they're always grateful for what they've been blessed with. There's a gratitude that flows out of their life. When you're living an honorable life, you're living a life that honors God, but each other, that's a natural characteristic that should flow from you. And lastly, a characteristic of an honorable person is they are not impressed with fame, popularity, money, or notoriety. They recognize this stuff doesn't have eternal value. They are actually wooed and, and drawn to the things of the kingdom of God, not the bait of the world. The next question is, What are the advantages of developing an individual core value of honor? Honoring God will open doors in your life and dishonor will close doors in your life. Plain and simple. Yes. 
If you will honor God, doors of favor will open for you. Doors of opportunity, doors of destiny will open. But if you dishonor people, those very same doors will close to you. So your life is impacted directly based on your ability to honor. Because what happens is all of heaven will back you up when you are in honor. When David was under Saul, Saul was throwing spears at him. And at one point in time, he had an opportunity to, to strike back at Saul. But David's classic line is, I will not touch God's anointed. And all of heaven backed David up. And we see doors opening for David throughout his life. Because honor and dishonor are both spirits. Yes, you heard me say that. Honor and dishonor are both spirits looking to have access in your life. There are things in your life that will provoke a spiritual response and honor is one of those things. In other words, if you honor, heaven will respond to that honor. And the Spirit of God is not going to partner up, join up with your division, your distract, your diatribe, all of the things that are negative. The Holy Spirit will quietly remove himself where there is not honor. You know, we have to understand honor actually creates the space for you and I to be great. Second Timothy 2.21 reads, therefore, if anyone cleanses himself from the latter, he will be a vessel for honor, sanctified and useful for the master, prepared for every good work. Our responsibility as vessels of honor are we have to guard what's actually being poured into us because whatever is poured into us is what's going to come out of us. And what comes out of us has to be honor. So what is being poured into us through your eye gate, your ear gate, through your conversations, obviously what your body's participating in, what your spirit's engaging with. We have to understand that if honor creates space for you to be great, you've got to pour things in you that are going to actually saturate your spiritual soil. So there's mature growth that comes out of you. You know, lastly, honor also creates an atmosphere for miracles to take place. We have to understand this is something that's often overlooked with the area and the truth and the principle of honor. It is one of the keys to having strong faith. You know, for example, you know, we see the Roman centurion honor Jesus when he came and he said, Lord, I am not worthy that you should come under my roof. Just speak the word and my servant will be healed. We see this in Matthew 8, 8. What that centurion was actually saying was, I can't give you the full honor you deserve because I know who you are. Yes. Right. Jesus said to the centurion, I have not found so great faith, not even in Israel. And he healed the servant just simply with the statement and the declaration. And you see this in Matthew 18. He had a humble attitude. This centurion did and gave honor to Jesus and therefore received a miracle. Honor releases the miraculous. And on the other side of the coin in Mark six, Jesus walks into Nazareth his hometown. He was obviously born in Bethlehem, but he grew up in Nazareth. And as he gets there, they go, is this not the carpenter to the son of Mary, brother of James? We know your brothers. We know your mama. Aren't your sisters here with us? And the Bible says they were offended at him. And Jesus said to them, a prophet is not without honor, but in his own country and amongst his own house. Now, did you get that? They were offended, but Jesus measured that as being dishonorable. He said, but Jesus said to him, a prophet is not without honor. And right before it, it says they were offended. So Jesus and the kingdom uh, equates you being offended at people in a way that you would disrespect them as dishonor. And then it goes on to say in Mark 6, verse 5, and he could do no mighty work there except that he laid his hands on a few sick people and healed them. Now, it doesn't say that he would not do a mighty work, but that he could not. In other words, honor is the key that releases the power 
the mighty works and the blessings of God. If you want to see revival, you want to see breakthrough, you want to see healing, you want to see the things of the kingdom, you have to be about honor because God shows up at the place of honor. Kingdom of God does not support the spirit of dishonor. People bragging on how they told somebody off, man, so-and-so said this to me, you know what I did? I just went off on them and we clap and we think it's awesome. Understand, when you do that, you're blocking heaven from your life. Whew, that's so good. Keep It 100 Tribe, as always, we want to bring you the Keep It 100 takeaways. And this week, we have three honor keys for you to take home. The first honor key is honor spiritual authority. This, of course, applies to the leaders in your church, your parents, your authority, your boss at your workplace. You know, this is talking about your call to honor them. Anyone that's in a place of authority in your life. You know, Paul talks about this in 1 Timothy 5, 17 19, Paul writes to Timothy and says, let the elders who rule well be counted worthy of double honor, especially those who labor in the word and doctrine for scripture says it goes, and it goes on to say, do not receive an accusation against an elder, except for from two or three witnesses, how you honor them by not criticizing and speaking evil of our spiritual leaders. There's such a culture to have side conversations and to talk behind people's back and to kind of have this critical find fault, kind of like what Sean on reference before, be a field inspector instead of treasure finder. And that is so within the church, but I believe we're called to break that because one of your key takeaways is we got to honor spiritual authority. You know, the Bible says, touch not mine anointed and do my prophets no harm. You find that in Psalm 105, 15. It is a very serious offense before God. We have to understand this and a lack of fear of God. When we speak critically, harshly, even evil over those that are in spiritual authority. So, you know, what can we expect if we honor those in spiritual authority? I think it's a good question. And firstly, we have to understand it says that we will be, it will be profitable for us if we do so. So if we honor those in spiritual authority, we're actually going to be profitable. It may be the key to receiving that breakthrough, that healing for your body that you've been wanting, the protection from the enemy, and even God's blessing on your family. Secondly, it could be the key to finding your calling, increasing the anointing on your life, and even the influence of your relationship with God. Jesus said, he who receives a prophet in the name of the prophet shall receive the prophet's reward. Matthew 10 41. Yet that, and let me just break that down for you. For those of you that may be new to that verbiage, you don't understand what that means. That simply means you get an impartation of whatever that prophet carries, what they speak over your life, what they prophesy over your life is going to come to pass. And the anointing that they walk in, you get the same reward when you receive a prophet's reward. This can also apply to those that are in ministry. For example, if we honor someone who has a healing anointing, we may reap the benefit of good health. We may reap the benefit of divine blessing and divine healing in our bodies. God may even impart their anointing to us. For example, we see that when it's illustrated when Joshua honored Moses and became the leader of Israel. So simply bottom line, there is a spiritual principle that opens up the vats, the blessing, the storehouse of heaven when we honor our authority. That is so good. The second honor key is that we must honor that God has put his treasure in earthen vessels. So many people say, yeah, I can honor God, but they struggle to honor God's creation and the treasuries put in. And Paul talks about this in 2 Corinthians 5, 16 and 17. It says, Paul writes, from now on, we regard no one according to the flesh. If anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. So in other words, we don't focus from this point on, on another person's natural weakness, but on their potential. 
We honor one another when we respect every human being is an image bearer of God, whether they were the number one draft pick in the NBA and did great and had a Hall of Fame career or they didn't. And when we honor, we honor one another when we recognize and celebrate one another's unique gifts, personalities, and callings. When we highly regard one another with our words, whether we're with them or not, some people will honor you to your face, but they'll dishonor you uh, in their back and they're thinking, well, it'll never get back to them. No, no, no. God knows about that. And you remember honor is a spirit and dishonor is a spirit. And so you're opening a door for that. You also have to understand the challenges that others have gone through. Develop some empathy, how the Lord is processing them to maturity towards their unique calling. Sometimes people do things out of rebellion. Sometimes people do things out of immaturity. Sometimes people do things out of hurt. And heaven makes the distinction, and I believe that we would too if we would honor and know that a person's context will help us to honor them properly. And finally, kind of my thought on is you have to defer to one another and make room for other people's gifts. Now, we need everyone, everyone. There are certain people that have certain giftings, and we can easily highlight the person that maybe has the spotlight, so to speak, on them. But the truth be told, there's so many people that had to do what they could do so that one person demonstrates their gift in the audience of many. And jealousy is, in fact, the opposite spirit of honor because it breeds insecurity. It limits your ability to accept a person's calling and ability and place in the kingdom. The third and final key is honor impacts the world around us and multiplies our kingdom influence. I've discovered this as an evangelist. You cannot lead someone to Christ whom you have dishonored. And I've seen so many times, I, I, I would attribute it to maybe ignorance and not understanding, but there's been certain people, uh, maybe even Christian leaders that have gotten on social media and have said things that are dishonoring of people that may believe different than them, may have voted different than them, and fall on a different side of the economic ladder than them. But you cannot lead someone to Christ if you've dishonored them. Jesus honored the woman caught in adultery, obviously told her to go and sin no more. He honored the woman at the well, told her where she could find true worship. You cannot sincerely communicate the love of God if you don't respect the person to whom you are speaking. Our traditions of dishonoring people have not come from God. They've come from the world. And in fact, the kingdom of God emerges with a completely opposite spirit. The kingdom is a culture graced with honor and respect for the dignity of all people. Thanks so much for tuning into the Keep It 100 podcast. Make sure to rate, review, and refer us to your friends. And be sure to click that subscribe button so that you're alerted as soon as new episodes drop. Help us get the word out. Share this link on your social media platforms and check us out at seanandkristasmith.com. You can also find us on Facebook at Sean and Krista Smith Ministries. We would love to hear from you on how this podcast has impacted you. So be sure to show us some love. Hey, Keeper 100 Tribe. We're so excited. We're going to continue this conversation in our next episode, Conquering a Culture of Dishonor Part 2. You're going to want to listen to that. And we're going to even help you talk about some boundaries if you have to walk out honor in a place where there could be some spiritual abuse. So you don't want to miss it. And we'll have a special surprise for you as well. So remember, relief may change your circumstance, but a revelation will change you. We hope you enjoyed today's episode of the Keep It 100 podcast with Sean and Krista Smith. Keep up with us on Facebook and Instagram at seanandkristasmith.com where you can discover more resources. If this podcast has impacted you, please subscribe and review wherever you listen to your podcast. Keep it